Welcome to a Meaningful Marketplace. I'm Sarah Massoni from Oregon State University's Food Innovation Center, where I've helped countless dreamers launch their new food products. It's the science of taking a food delight from the kitchen to mass manufacturing and still keeping its great taste. That's what I do. I've been called the woman with the million-dollar palate, although I haven't tried to cash that check yet. Listen in weekly for real-life stories. I'm Sarah Marshall, owner of Marshall's Hot Sauce and author of Preservation Pantry, modern canning from root to top and stem to core. I love inspiring business owners to get started on their journeys, encouraging folks to be part of their local community, and I'm excited to help business owners tell their stories. Join us as we explore the journeys of women entrepreneurs in the food and beverage industry. Hello and welcome to Missoni and Marshall, a meaningful marketplace. We're here weekly to discuss the journeys of food entrepreneurs. We're glad you could join us today as we offer stories of hope and inspiration for all of our food friends out there. This is Sarah Marshall, owner of Marshall's Hot Sauce. And Sarah Missoni of Oregon State University's Food Innovation Center. Sarah, I um, feel like you've been all over the place since the last time that we did this. I can't even keep track, really. Were you in Pendleton? Yeah. <laughs> Michael and I went there for the weekend, actually. We stayed at the uh, RV park at the um, casino. How was Wild it? Horse casino. The RV park was perfect. It had a small swimming pool. There are tons of kids in there. We didn't go. And also, they have teepees there if you want to sleep in a real live teepee. That's you can cool. rent one and... Yeah, and then go and enjoy the city of Pendleton. It's quite a wonderful place to visit. I was thinking about um, when you used to do the crop-up dinners around the state. Yes. And I don't think there was ever one in Pendleton, but it might be a good place for one. You think yeah. you'll, ever, you'll ever do those again? Well, we went to Boardman, which is pretty close, sort of. Yeah. And Madras, of course. It's kind of out in that direction too, but we had a grant for those crop up dinners and now we just put them on occasionally when the university is interested in doing something, but we don't have any in the works right now. I thought it was such a cool, fun way to see the state and like connect to the different farmers that lived in that area. Cause I did the Madras one with you guys and I yes. met, met people that I'm still connected to, which was so fun and cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So someday. Someday Pendleton. <laughs> Someday Pendleton. But in the meantime, if you go to Pendleton, make sure and go plan ahead and go on the underground tour. And then they have this other cool thing where you can get charms at the different stores. I think there's 64 different charms you can get. They're $1.50 each. And you can get the bracelet at one of a couple places. And then you go to all these other stores and you can pick up the charm. And they're all sort of themed around Pendleton and the that's wild, really, wild west. That's really cool. Did you do it? Did you get a yeah, charm bracelet? I, I got a bracelet and I actually had 24 of the charms. Wow. So that's a I lot. I have to put it together, but I, I'm going to have to go back there to get the rest of them. And their theme was Something like be charmed in Pendleton. That's cute. Yeah, it was super cute. <laughs> it's a cute way to like make something that's very unique of that time and place. You yeah, know? and you can, and it makes you kind of go like I would have never went in the bookstore if I didn't know they had a charm. <laughs> oh yeah, speaking of bookstores, uh, I got the book from Larissa. 
Oh, good. So I'm going to make you read it. You're going to make me read it. Okay. You decided you're not a book reader, but um, we're, this is our first official book club book. (laughs) Okay, good. So let's start it and then we'll um, chat about it next time. Okay. Does that sound good? Sounds like a good idea. (laughs) That's that's your assignment from me. (laughs) I have a feeling you've been making a lot of sauce because I haven't seen much feed on your Instagram. I know. Well, this is, this is my busy time. It's a busy preserving time. So yeah, I'm like, I was just covered in sauce a minute ago. I had to take baby wipes and wipe down my arms before I came on here. I was like, my skin feels like it's burning. What happened? And I looked down and I had habanero carrot curry sauce all down my arm. Oh, "Oh, that'll do it. That'll do it every time. Our um, guest today will know exactly what I'm talking about because she is probably in the mix of pickling a million things. So I want to introduce our guest today. We are joined by Holly Kurzal of Kurzal's Kick and Pickles. She makes um, pickles and other goodies out of Noti, Oregon. And well, welcome, Holly. Hi, thank you for having me. Did it's I no say, tie. No tie. I was going to say, no I don't. I well, don't we should have just said naughty. <laughs> it's naughty we make them. naughty pickles. And naughty. <laughs> Is that your, naughty. you should have t-shirts made. <laughs> I should. It's naughty, naughty. not naughty. Oh, so, that's funny. Where is that? Where are you? <laughs> no tie is just west of Eugene and Vanita, like 15 minutes past Vanita. On your okay. way to Florence. And I saw you just moved okay. there, right? Yeah, we've been here five years. Oh, okay. Well, your website made it sound like you just moved last week. Well, I guess I should update <laughs> my website. <Yeah. laughs> Might be good. <laughs> well, we want our listeners to be able to follow along and find you. Do you have a good um, way they can find you on social media or your website? Um, I mostly do Facebook. So it's Kick and Pickles. Okay. Um, I try to get on Instagram every once in a while and post a few things. I don't do it enough. Um, so yeah, <laughs> those two places, Instagram and Facebook. And you know, a lot of people see us at Eugene, Lane County Farmer's Market. We do the Florence Farmer's Market as well. That's cool. I saw that you're almost in every store down in the southern part of the state, which is really, really cool. Have you thought about coming up to Portland? Yeah, we're working on that um, this year. So I have a Good. couple that are helping me do distribution nice. and they're going to be starting to get things up that way since right now I'm doing all my own distribution. So okay, um, it'll be really nice to have somebody that can help travel up that way. That'll be great because I want to yeah. buy some of your pickles. Thanks. Like I saw you're at Market of Choice, so you know you can get them at market of choice probably yeah all the market of choices in Oregon have them and they have that really nice mojo program where local vendors can send all their products for all the stores to their distribution center which is really close on west 11th um so I do that every Wednesday and it's a really great, great opportunity for us to get our products out so did you actually start your business in your home kitchen we did yeah I thought it I was, saw some photographs of that how yeah, long did you years ago produce- how long did you produce in your kitchen for before you got to move out? Um, so it was about five years in the last house and then five years here at this new house. 
Um, but our kitchen now is a lot bigger. It looks like a two-car garage, but one side is like all really nice uh, stainless steel and great sinks and tables that we have um, approved by the Oregon Department of Agriculture. So the other half is a big storage facility. And then we just did another addition this year for more storage because we're growing so much. We need more space. <laughs> oh, that's great to hear. Yeah. I have... Um, Almost the same situation at my house because we're in a um, what someone converted in a double car garage into a kitchen. But we same boat. If you could, if I could turn my camera around, you would see that in this room, it's just stacked with supplies everywhere. Yeah, <laughs> we like tend to run out of space during this time because it's mostly like bringing yeah. in bottles and things like jars and lids yeah. and stuff. And there's been like this yeah. disruption. We ordered in- extra this year because yeah. I was so worried. That's what I was wondering. Everyone's kind of, um, you know, I'm in a lot of different food groups and stuff and everybody's sort of having supply chain issues. And I didn't know if that has been a problem for you. It seems like a lot of people that do things in glass, it's been a little bit hard. It has. And luckily we had overordered the year before. And so all of last year we were just going off of what we had in stock and doing a lot of recycled jars. And then, so this year I kept trying to order, finally got a few of my orders placed and delivered. So I was like, oh good, I can make pickles this year. I know I Not noticed go too, business yet. on all of our f- different food friends I have, like I'll notice that maybe they use a different lid. It's stuff that nobody would probably notice, but like, you know, usually if they'll have white lids, I'll see that they have gold lids and I'm like, oh, they probably totally ran out of lids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you just, you have to use what you can find. And we have the same thing right now. We've got some gold lids and some silver lids. So Hey. Yeah, you can just kind of do what do what you can. I, but I think as like makers, we are really like I don't know if that's okay, but I think customers don't notice that tiny I know. detail. I, <laughs> I did last year. I did a poll on Facebook, like, what do you think of this jar versus this jar? And they were like, you know what? We just want what's inside. Yeah. So, okay, that makes sense. Well, that's let's good to know. Yeah, let's talk about what's inside your jars. So, um, why don't you? Start with your favorite thing that you make and then um, lead us through the rest of them. Okay. So my favorite is our jalapeno bread and butter pickle. It's a sliced pickle. We do a little crinkle cut. We cut them all by hand. And we it's a bread and butter brine. So it's like a sweet brine with apple cider vinegar and salt. And then we use red chilies and jalapeno. It's got garlic and celery and mustard seed. And they're just, we grow most of our cucumbers here on the property. Uh, We're not a certified organic farm, but we grow organically. Um, And we pick them and we put them on ice and we process them within 24 hours. And so so sweet and spicy, that's like a sweet, spicy, savory combination. Such a great combination. I really, those are my favorite. And a lot of people will, you know, we do uh, demos and stuff. They say, oh, we don't like bread and butter pickles. And if we can get them to try it, we usually can change their mind because they're so good. <laughs> that's a good, other that's pickles, a good classic so a, Those are whole pickles and they're kind of all different sizes. Since we grow them, they're all different sizes. So you'll get some little ones, some medium sized ones. And uh, it's a really nice dill garlic flavor. And that was the original recipe of my husband's grandma. She's the one that started the pickling and then my husband Matt his dad Mark had 
spiced them up with a jalapeno. And that was kind of our flagship pickle when we first started um, doing the farmer's market. We only had jalapeno dill pickles. And then we started, people would say, oh gosh, I don't know. I don't really want spicy. Maybe can you make a non-spicy pickle? So that's when we started doing jalapeno dill and then garlic dill. And from there, we kind of just ventured into doing other things like asparagus and beans with similar recipes and everything's just taken off. And I just, we, we have such fun doing it. We really enjoy being able to be home and having the kids here and working from home. It's really great. That's good. And I have a question for you. How did you actually start the pickle business? How did you say to yourself, okay, I'm sick and tired of all this stuff. I'm going to start a pickle <laughs> business. Right. You do it, that? Didn't really, it didn't That's really crazy. go like that. It was just, you know, we would always ask for pickles from Matt's dad and he was like, you know, Hey, why don't you guys make your own this year? <laughs> so we, we made like 60 jars one year and we shared them with friends and family for Christmas gifts and stuff. And everybody just loved them. And they're like, you should sell these. And we're like, no, we're not going to do that. But so the next year we're like, oh, let's make pickles again this year. And we were like, gosh, this is a lot of pickles. We made a few hundred jars. Maybe we should try to sell them. And so we uh, contacted our local Benita Farmer's Market. And we were able to set up a booth and we sold everything we had. And we were like, wow, that was kind of cool. Maybe we should do it again next year. <laughs> and so that's kind of where it was like, well, let's try it and see. And at the time I was working um, full time at Peace Health. And then I had my daughter, she's 12 now. And after that, uh, when my son was born, I decided to quit my job and do the, the pickling full time. So it's been been busy. <laughs> so have you ever noticed however many jars you make is how many you sell? Yeah, every year. So like we have been out of pickles for two months now and I have stores calling and customers calling wanting pickles and I'm like, they're coming. We're just waiting on the garden to grow. <laughs> so <laughs> um, we're finally like we're making them, but we're, we don't have any on the shelf. As soon as I make them, it's like they're out the door getting sold. So so I'm I wonder get caught up soon. Have you thought about contracting with some other farmers to grow your yeah, pickles the way fact, you want them? Yeah, we just talked about that this year. We're definitely gonna contact a few people. I know um I have a couple of neighbors that have organic farms already. So I'm gonna definitely reach out to them first. And then um maybe some other local farms that are organic that could grow for us so that, that would we don't be have great. both jobs of farming and picking. And doing the processing. Yeah, I mean, maybe really you helpful. could you could stagger it too by a week or two on either side, mm -hmm. so you could have a little bit longer season for pickling. Yeah, exactly. That would be great. Yeah, like this morning we picked 440 pounds out of the garden, um, so we're doing that today. We got I've got some people out there. I had to stop. I was like, okay, somebody take over my job. I'm gonna go <laughs> onto meaningful marketplace. <laughs> <laughs> so your your grandma Jean is the one who spent the time developing this special recipe. Do you know yes. like what made her recipe different? You know, I'm not sure. I know um they're originally from Germany and I, I don't know the specifics about, you know, I never really knew much about pickling before I started this. And um some, a friend of mine bought me a pickling book. I haven't had a lot of time to read it, but there's so many different recipes and ways you can do it. 
Um, and then I've been trying to start doing like a little bit of fermentation, which is fun. Oh, okay. Um, I don't know if that would be something we could sell just because we'd have to keep them refrigerated. We'd have to have a big refrigeration space. Um, but it's fun to try for at home and for our own eating pleasures. <laughs> Yeah, I people always ask us too if our um, sauces are fermented. But when you're doing fermented foods, you either need a lot of refrigeration space mm-hmm. or a lot of space to ferment everything outside of the refrigerator. And mm-hmm. we have we have neither of those. We never have any, any space. So I always tell yeah. people I love to ferment my own food like on a very small level. But exactly. doing it like commercially is hard. You need yeah. a, wear, yeah. a warehouse. Talks mm-hmm. to those companies that do that. Yeah, I know. Jeez, they're they're they really um create something wonderful that everybody can enjoy, but you can't really do it on that big scale unless you have yeah. a lot of space. Absolutely. And uh-huh. is your is your whole family involved in the business? Actually, um, just getting started, getting the kids involved today. Well, of course, they just want to make money. So um, <laughs> they're like, so how much do I get paid per hour? And I'm like, well, we'll start with you picking cucumbers. You get 25 cents a pound. Um, my five-year-old picked 19 pounds this morning. He was pretty happy, proud of himself. And then um, they came out and they helped, you know, make them wear their little hairnets and their gloves. And they come out and they put... Uh, they do the bread and butters because those are a little bit easier just to pack in the jar. Uh, the dill pickle is a little bit more difficult because it's more like a Tetris game. You have to really uh, get them in there just right so that you get lots of pickles in the jar. So, yeah, my husband used to be a big part of it, um, but his business is really taking off and he's been really busy doing construction. So um, he does all the uh infrastructure stuff like building me new pickle additions for my storage (laughs) yeah that's good you need that for sure (laughs) yeah he's really good at it too I really liked on your website how you had a section with like your family photos and um you know everybody working on the pickles and doing different pickle themed things I thought it was so cute because it really felt like we could get to know you and your family better having never met you I was like oh I feel like I get it they're having like parties and the whole family's involved and it was really cool thank you you have another story on your website about healthy eating. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. Um, one of my friends got me involved in this program that I was just looking for something for like a cleanse wise to clean your body out. And it's through Arbon, And I really enjoyed doing that. It's a little restrictive uh, with the food you eat, but it really is helpful um, to get your body alkaline. And you just feel so good when you do it. And it's energetic, natural energy. I just, I love doing it. I don't do it all the time, but I still drink uh, my smoothies and the little fizz sticks that they, they make, the B12 vitamins and ginseng. Give you a little pep during the day, make you feel better. I just had one before we came out here. Um, and the other one is like a Perium, like a green drink. And they have a lot of different uh, vitamins and stuff that you can take. I just try to keep those on hand for staying healthy. Smart. Was that part of your decision to um, get into having a food business? A lot of our makers are inspired by health and wellness reasons. Yeah. I mean, we've always been pretty healthy family. We like to grow our food and 
we love vegetables, although can't get the kids to eat as many. <laughs> My daughter's really good. She <laughs> loves vegetables, but the boys are not so much into it. So, you know, they'll get there someday. <laughs> yeah. I, I think pickles is a good way to get kids to eat vegetables for sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I have some friends that buy the asparagus and they're like, oh, it's so crazy. I can't get my kids to eat anything, but they love your pickled asparagus. Oh. So that's a really good option. We also do, um, because the asparagus gets cut, we have these little middle pieces mm-hmm. of the asparagus that are just perfect for like salads. We call them asparagus bites. And we jar them up in a bigger jar. Mm-hmm. And so you get a little bit more for your money. And they're already cut. They're great for appetizers and salads. So it's a good option for people. Be good in a martini. You should sell them to a bar. Oh, yeah. Or a martini. (laughs) Asparagus martinis. Yum. Do you grow the asparagus or just the cucumbers? No. I think asparagus is really hard to grow, right? It it? is. I have a small patch and it's still just so-so. And you'll get like two or three here and there. It's not enough to really even make a jar, so... There's a yeah. trick to it, I think. Yeah. I've never I've never tried to grow it, but I've seen people, you know, post about trying to grow it and it seems it like it needs a lot of water. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I think you need a lot of space because it just comes up like sporadically, right? Right. That's what I was it's, gonna say. It's not like you can do big long rows. A big yeah. patch of it. Yeah. <laughs> Have well, you ever done pickled potatoes? I have actually just um, a few jars for myself. When we grew potatoes, you know, at the end of the season, you have a bunch of those little tiny ones. We threw them in a jar. They're really fun for like shish kebabs. Yeah. Yeah. I've That's never crazy. had pickled potatoes and all the pickles I've surrounded yeah. myself with. I've Mom, never Sarah. had pickled potatoes. And you better make <laughs> some. Uh, Brussels sprouts is really edition. good. Yeah. We're going to take a quick break. And we'll be back and talk about uh, your process of pickling. Okay, sounds good. Oregon State University's College of Agricultural Sciences and the Food Innovation Center are proud sponsors of Meaningful Marketplace. With a mission to serve all Oregonians, we are committed to giving voice to those whose food and agricultural stories are not always heard. By providing access and opportunity for a more diverse and just food system, because food brings people together. Okay, we're back and we're going to hear all about how Holly pickles her veggies. So what is your secret, Holly? Well, I can't tell you that. (laughs) (laughs) I thought I was going to get you to tell us. You know, like I said before, our our biggest process is um, that we grow our own cucumbers and then we get them on ice right away, get them nice and cold and then pack the jars and then you do your hot brine over the top, get them sealed and we just do a 10 minute water bath. Um, so they're not cooked too long, but you're getting them cooked enough to where it's killing any bacteria, sealing the jar. And um, yeah, so <laughs> it's been working. I thought I saw a picture on your page of um, it looks like maybe a pressure canner, but maybe an electric one. Do you use electric pressure canners? I don't. I'm I couldn't what picture that is. Huh? I couldn't tell it what looked, the photo well, was. Well, I saw that too, and I was like, "It looks like beets. Like there's red okay." So, uh, yes, we do use the pressure canner. It's not electric. It just goes on the gas stove. Um, we use pressure canners to cook the beets. Once oh, they're cook cooked, the then we peel them, cut them, jar them, and then do the the brine, which is a cinnamon, clove, ginger, allspice brine. It's really fun and like almost like holiday ish. 
That sounds but, great. I, I really, think that must have been what you were doing was cooking the meats. I couldn't figure out exactly what was <laughs> happening, but that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. <laughs> beets are the cool. hardest. I want to say the hardest product we make because it's so uh, time consuming and there's so many uh, steps, layers. Yeah, yeah. Steps that we have to take. Um, but they're so good. I can't stop making them. <laughs> <laughs> they're good for you too. They are Actually, good. I'm drinking beet juice right oh, here. Yum. There I you go. What it, what's your most popular product? You know, right? It's the last few years we've been making a Bloody Mary mix and that just flies off the shelf. Everybody's uh, we make drinking. it with, we blend up our own habanero dill pickles that we make. So those are blended up and put in the Bloody Mary mix. We use cayenne pepper and horseradish and lime juice. And it's just, it's like the perfect mix. We love Bloody Mary. So we had a really hard time finding one that was like, had everything we wanted in it. So we just started playing with recipes and made one up and um, everybody loves it. We even get bartenders that say, wow, you know, this is the best I've ever had. And it's pretty nice little compliment to hear that from bartender, especially because most yeah. of the time the bars, they make their own mix mm-hmm. of the. Yeah. That's a great, a great compliment to you. I think it's fun that you blend up pickles for it because that makes it really uniquely yours. Yeah. I also saw that you do a, um, a pickleback. Can you tell us about that? Yeah. So we just made a fresh batch last week. We were out of it for a while. We take organic apple cider vinegar and it's mixed with water and salt. And then we mullet with herbs and spices, fresh dill from the garden. And then we take cucumbers and we actually juice the cucumbers. So you're getting cucumber juice in with the vinegar and we mullet for three days and then we bottle it up and it's, it's like a pickle juice, but it's a little bit stronger, a little more tangy with the organic apple cider vinegar, but you still get the yummy, like onion, garlic, celery, mustard, dill flavor. And Honestly, we like to drink it with tequila because we're tequila drinkers and it's a great uh, pickleback. A lot of people will do whiskey, um, but kind of takes away that burn of the alcohol when you take it right after the shot. That seems seems fun. We were our last guest. We were just um, talking about like the benefits of apple cider vinegar. So I think people, even if they weren't drinking it with alcohol, they could just drink it on their own. And probably since it's got that natural apple cider vinegar, it's probably still yeah. good for them. Right. And the pH, having that pH for your body is really good too. Mm-hmm. That That's seems fun. Do you, do you sell that one in stores? We do sell it at Westside Liquor and uh, downtown liquor in Eugene. Or maybe another couple of stores. We don't sell it everywhere. Yeah. Kind of a specialty, small batch. Yeah. Well, Sarah, we're going to have to drive to Eugene. <laughs> I said it that way on purpose. I know. We're going to have to come down. <laughs> Actually, I'll I just do send, local deliveries. I'll send Dirk's parents there and then they can bring it up the next oh, time they come Oh, there you up. go. That's yeah, the best idea. idea. So, which, which farmer's markets do you do so I can send them to find you? Well, right now, um, so I won't be doing any in Eugene for August, just because it's our super busy pickling time. So I kind of canceled the month of August, Um, Mm. but we'll be back in September. I try to do either the first or second weekend of each month in Eugene. That's on Fifth and Oak downtown. And then the Florence Farmer's Market is on Bay Street 
and it's in Old Town Florence on Tuesdays from 3 to 6 p.m. Mm. It's a nice, I really like that one because it's everybody, you know, loves the coast. You get a lot of tourists visiting and the weather's usually great. So I really like that market. I haven't ever been to that farmer's market, but I love checking out other markets. Yeah. So maybe it's sometime. a small market, but it's really cute and fun. Yeah. I like the Astoria farmer's market too. That's a good one. Nice. So what did you do before you became a pickled maven? <laughs> I worked at Peace Health for 13 years doing patient financial services. <laughs> oh, so <laughs> you're, a money. you're the money person. That, yep. That's good. Yeah. What do you think the um, biggest challenges of entering the marketplace? Mm. I feel like maybe distribution is probably the hardest for me, like, because I'm doing it all myself right now. I just met some new people that I just told you about earlier that are going to start maybe going up to Portland for me. Um, But just having the time to get the product made and get it out to people. And then also for me, like marketing. I'm just, I'm not a very good marketer. Like I said, I don't do very well posting things on Facebook and that's kind of my only marketing that I do. Um, But I feel like we're still doing really well. We have done the home shows in the past and that really gets our name out. People can try our products with all the samples that we do. And yeah, I just feel like I'm not a great marketer. I think it's challenging to do everything. You know, sometimes you either have to decide if you're going to have a team or, um, you know, my husband does a lot of our stuff because it's like, Mm -hmm. it was hard for me to say everything that we were doing, but um, that's been easier for us. I think maybe I did a um, show with you guys one time. Do you do the Mother Earth News Fair? We did, did, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think I was there. I think I tried your nice. pickles for sure. <laughs> I didn't remember until right now. And I was thinking yeah. about all the different flavors that you were saying. And I remember your booth there. So that's yeah. cool that we've done that one before. Yeah, the shows, I think those really help uh, spread the word. And then people remember. Yeah, yeah, they're really fun. I think that that's been the funnest thing for me is just all the different shows have such a different crowd at them mm-hmm. that it's really fun to meet all these different people doing cool stuff. I like the, I like those shows. I like to do um, the craft shows too a lot. Those are really fun. Yeah. Who do you think your ideal customer is? Oh, ideal customer. Um, Anybody that likes pickles. (laughs) (laughs) A lot of foodies, people that uh, like food and like to cook with food. I mean, because we do things like teriyaki shiitake mushrooms where you can make fun meals with that we do pickled garlic cloves pickled eggs things that you can like be creative with um so yeah i mean even little the little kids like pickles and they like our logo too they'll be like look mom it's a ninja pickle because <laughs> it's like a little pickle guy like kicking a pepper it looks like a little ninja so it's fun to see see that What's the um, spiciest pickle that you make? Uh, We have a limited edition pickle that we just started last year. It's called Fire Five, and it has five super hot peppers. I'm going to say Trinidad Scorpion, Carolina Reaper, uh, Ghost Pepper Habanero, and Scotch Bonnet Peppers. 
Whoa. So kind of mix all those up and put them hot. in the jar. And it's super hot, but super tasty. I can um, that. But we only made a couple hundred of those. So <laughs> those are kind of like just the things we make for holiday market where you can only get them there. That's smart. Yeah. We do a ghost pepper salsa as well. Mm-hmm. That's How fun. Much? I Sarah doesn't like things quite as spicy, but I like things really spicy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, our Bloody oh, Mary mix is pretty hot too. It's a good kick to it. I can I can eat hot stuff if I want to. Yeah. But mostly I just want to keep my tongue intact so I can taste <laughs> everything else. I know. That's like you're that's you need it to do your job. <laughs> I need it to do you have your tongue insured, Sarah? <laughs> For a million dollars. I know you uh-huh. should. <laughs> no, I don't have my tongue insured. People do that though if they're like I know I thought about it like this lady has her legs insured and I guess there are people in England that have their tongues insured I was on a radio show with this guy who was from Tetley Tea and those folks spend a pretty large percentage of their career training to become the tea tasters for the tea companies in England and they have their palates insured but Hmm. not me I think I think you should think about it because what if you like burn your mouth or something and then you can't be a judge at the cheese show? <laughs> you have to file a claim on yourself. <laughs> yeah, you'd have to get the time off of work. <laughs> <laughs> Wrap it in a band-aid with an ice pack on my tongue. Then I wouldn't have to talk at all. <laughs> that was great. Holly, if there was one thing you could change about your business, what would it be to make it better? Oh gosh. Uh could I clone myself? <laughs> <laughs> so I could just have a bunch of me doing everything. Uh no, it's it's really nice to have good helpers. It changes every year. So it's really hard for me to uh get help every year because it's seasonal work and it's really hard work too. So getting getting people to want to come out and get all itchy and in those cucumber plants and picking and, and then come and process in our kitchen. That's 120 degrees. Um, yeah, that's a struggle, but you know, it's all worth it. Do you have, um, those neck coolers that we do can wear? (laughs) I, I had one on yeah that's the same. my neighbor that's- she makes them so I bought like 10 of them so we could keep swap them out yeah um, there's a water there's a woman at the Milwaukee farmer's market that makes them and so I we that's what we wear in the kitchen because it just gets so hot yeah. and I don't even know if it helps it or not but it's like just for mental health <laughs> it does for a minute for sure yeah yeah we it- usually have about six burners going at once so it gets really really hot have you ever taken your temperature when you've been in the hot kitchen like that? To see I haven't. No. You'll be. I think you'll be surprised. Your body temperature might be low. Ah. Because you're sweating to cool yeah. off. Yeah. Isn't that why sometimes people will get hypothermia when they're overheated because their body is trying to cool them down so much? Yeah, sort of counterintuitive, isn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you got to try to keep everybody cool so that doesn't happen. (laughs) Drink water, drink water. Yeah. yeah. Holly, do you have people return their their jars to you so you can reuse them? 
We have in the past. And, you know, if people bring them to me, I will gladly accept them, especially when, you know, last year we had that shortage of jars. Um, it's It can be a pain, you know, trying to get the labels off and sanitizing. And then we, we catch them where we put them in the water bath and it will crack or break. And so then you have to drain everything and clean it and restart Not your so boiling water, which takes a half hour, you know, to get it going again. And um, so we try to use the virgin recycled jars in the beginning of the season when we're just doing like 20, 50 pounds at a time where it's a small day. But when we start getting really busy and doing five, six, 800 pounds in a day, I just use the, the new jars so that we don't have to deal with. I just breakage. remembered something from when I was in high school, I worked in a deli and we would receive five gallon buckets of kosher kosher dills and then we'd um put them into a deli you know stainless steel thing and set them into the glass counter i wonder if you might have an opportunity there where you did you know did some limited bulk run of big pickles to sell to a couple like deli counters yeah i wonder and i'm not sure how that would work with uh they have to maybe stay refrigerated or you know i think so they wouldn't be water bath or anything because they're too big yeah. And then the nice thing about having a few food service accounts is you do about the same amount of work for an enormous container as right. you do for a small container. Yeah. And you get to charge more money. Yeah. Yeah. The, co- the cost of containers and labels goes down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. We do some gallons like, um, I'm trying to remember, uh, Centennial Steakhouse in Springfield, they buy gallons of the jalapeno bread and butter pickles every once in a while. So it's kind of fun to do that. We have our local little no-tie pub that buys gallons of eggs and gallons of jalapeno dill pickles, and they just serve them at the bar. Do you buy the eggs already hard-boiled? They are, yeah. We get them from Wilcox Farm. Mm -hmm. I was going to say that's a lot to do, but I was if I were going to do it, I'd buy the pre Pre-shelled. We have 40 chickens. So when we get stocked up on like, you know, 14 or 20 dozen, you know, it'll make 14 or 20 jars. So we'll go ahead and boil them and trying to find the best way of, you know, peeling fresh eggs is the hardest, but, but we do it. (laughs) There's research on that. You can look it up. I think you acidify the water. Yeah. We've tried a few different ways. So it it worked last time pretty well. Yeah. I don't think I've ever had a pickled egg. It, it Does it taste like an egg at all anymore? Or does it just taste like vinegar? It does. It's definitely, it has a different texture from just a boiled egg. Cause it's like boiled and then you cook it again. Yeah. Um, so we do a habanero egg, which is a super spicy egg with habanero, jalapeno, serrano, garlic and onion. And then the, we actually made some eggs today that are a German mustard egg. And it kind of oh. tastes like a sweet potato salad with, um, mustard and you know, a little bit of sugar and salt, onion and garlic. So it's pretty fun. That that seems really cool because then you could use it in like a potato salad or something. Yeah, for sure. That's cool. And then your customers wouldn't have to peel it, which is the nice part. It's why I never do anything with hard boiled eggs. I do not want to peel them at all. <laughs> I know your thumb starts to hurt after a while. I'm sure it gets under your nail. That yeah. Hurts. Well, good thing you do it for everybody. <laughs> yeah. Good thing. 
our our listeners can't tell, but Holly's um, family keeps coming in to check on what she's doing. <laughs> I'm, I'm a ninja kid. He's oh, a ninja yeah. kid. Mm-hmm. Is that where the ninja logo comes from? Is from your kids? Oh, yeah. You're a ninja. He's a ninja too. Ninja pickle. Is it pickle? Well, we um love to encourage people to buy from you directly. So, what's the best way that people can do that? Yes, thank you. So they can go directly to our website, kickandpickles.com. You can order there. Um, if it's a local delivery within 25 miles of us, it's um, only $5 deliver. If you order over $50 and it's free, I'll just, every Wednesday I go around town delivering to stores and people's homes. So um, it's a pretty fun way. We started doing that two years ago. And it's been working really well. I get quite a few orders every week and still stocking the stores. So thank you for all my customers who are <laughs> keep purchasing from us. We appreciate it. That's so great. I feel like people um, have been really good about wanting to support local makers and, um, and order from them directly. So that's the best way for people to do it is go to the Kick and Pickles website. Yep. And right. finally, finally, it shows things are in stock. <laughs> and for a while, there was like out of stock, out of stock. <laughs> That's good to have stuff in stock. Yeah. So, do you um, help fill people's pantries? So, if somebody called you and ordered, you know, two dozen jars, is that the best way to make sure they get their pickles? Yeah, definitely. We we do discounts, and so it'd probably better if they called me directly. Um, if they want to buy, you know, more than just a couple few jars, we can do a discount for a case. And then also we do the Eugene and the Florence Fill Your Pantry event. Oh, okay. And when is that? I think around November. Okay. Like maybe the weekend before Thanksgiving, I want to say. Oh, nice. Yeah. That's another option. That's a great option. Do you have any advice for people if they're thinking about starting up a food business, Holly? What would you advise people to do it, or will you tell them to think think twice? You know, definitely, you want to love what you do. So make sure it's something you really like doing. You want to do it, and if you have a great product and you know and you stand behind it and you know it's wonderful and you think you can sell it, do it. And just know that it's not a, it's not like a 20 or 40 hour a week job. It's more than that. <laughs> <laughs> That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Spend all your days and time on your business. Cause even now it's like, I don't have time to work in my office. I'm, I'm so behind. <laughs> You have pickles to make. (laughs) Do your do your kids have a a family favorite pickle? Probably just the garlic dill pickle. That's the standard. Most kids like that one, and it's not spicy. It's a nice whole crunchy pickle. That's their favorite. My daughter does like a little bit of spice, so she'll eat the jalapeno bread and butters like I do. Sounds good. 
Do you have recipes on your website? I don't think I saw any. I, I don't. And I actually, I remember some people asking about that and that's something I could work on. Some fun recipes. We do a sweet that pepper mustard fun. that would be uh, really fun to do some recipes with that one. It's, uh, one of my recipes that my husband made and we grow a bunch of uh, banana peppers and red peppers in our garden with uh, red onion Ooh. and we mix all those peppers up in a mustard base and mm-hmm. it's super yummy it's great on crackers and peas with pickles <laughs> that sounds good yeah a pickle party for everybody yep <laughs> i did your whole family come help you out because i think i saw a picture of you guys all pickling in the maybe in your dining room yeah usually um matt's dad mark will come and help us sometimes he hasn't in a while but my sister comes and helps. My aunt has came and helped. And um, my mom, she just usually babysits for me because she's my babysitter. And she's so great <laughs> at it. <laughs> she loves the kids. Her and my dad, they, they're wonderful. So, That's good. Yep. And then I have a lot of great friends that just will come and help me the drop of a hat. I'll say, who wants to make pickles today? And they'll come help me. Super nice. It takes a village, as they say. <laughs> it really does, yeah. Do you have any advice for uh, for somebody that wants to have a home business? Like, what would be the one thing you would tell them? Uh, gosh, you know, it's been such a learning experience. Every single year, I learn something new. Things to do, things not to do. And it's just... It's really labor intensive, like every step of the way. There's so many layers that you have to deal with. Um, I don't know. (laughs) I think that I would tell people that it's very hard to stop working. (laughs) That's true, for sure. That's been the biggest challenge for me is that we had to really make it so that we go out of town instead of just being like, we're not working today. And so Sarah knows that we had this, we developed this like family fun day where we just wouldn't work at all, but it also meant that we had to leave the house because no matter what, we would just start working because somebody would like place some big order. We'd have to see if we had supplies or just things would happen. And so if we were at home, we couldn't turn it off. So we just had to be like, okay, we have to actually leave the facility. (laughs) What do you do with your And for us to leave, I'm like, okay, if if we're going to leave, then I have to go hire three people and train everybody to do all this stuff because I just can't actually leave (laughs) and walk away. (laughs) Not during pickle season, but on the other parts of the year you can, I hope. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's good. Well, I wonder if you know the Peter Piper picked a peck of pickled peppers. <laughs> I've heard that. I don't know if I can say it. Did <laughs> you come up with a new one? You have a new one? Oh, what's that? No, I said we should come up with a new one. Oh, yeah. You can come up with your own little thing. That'd be good. <laughs> yeah. I'll have my husband do that. He's really good with words. Yeah, you could do a song. The sauce people did a song with Sarah's friends in the sauce business. So fun. Yep, sauce songs. And then we all sing it like a um, We Are the World style. Yeah. <laughs> you should look it up. It's pretty funny. Pretty awesome, actually. Yeah. 
That's good. Really awesome. All right, Holly. Well, I think that I, you know, this is the time I have to wrap things up. So anything else you want to tell our listeners? Nope. I really appreciate all our customers. If anybody's out there listening, thank you for buying our pickles and uh, we'll look forward to our next show where we can do some sampling and get people out and about tasting stuff. It's going to be a good year. I hope be a good year. Well, we love what you're doing and that you're staying focused on using real food and real ingredients and um, doing things that your family has passed down. We love that kind of stuff. So keep it up. That's wonderful. Good job. Thanks. We love it. We record Missoni and Marshall live every Fridays. You can find us on your favorite podcast platform. Thank you to our audio engineer, Alon, and our production assistant, Chelsea. If you want to be a guest on the show, you can send us a message at our Missoni and Marshall Instagram, and we will be back next week. Thanks for joining, everybody. Bye. Thank Bye you. for now. Bye. Market of Choice is a proud sponsor of Meaningful Marketplace. As a family-owned organ grocer for 42 years, Market of Choice strives to inspire, mentor, and assist a diverse group of local producers and foster equity in our communities. With 11 stores in Oregon, Market of Choice supports these craft makers, as well as farmers, fisherfolk, and ranchers, by bringing more than 7,000 local products to market. Together, we form a sustainable, community-based food system that serves our great state. To learn more, go to marketofchoice.com. You're listening to the Startup Radio Network. Listen, learn, launch. 10% of our gross revenue goes directly to women entrepreneurs in developing countries around the world through Kiva's microfinance program.